Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, area. It's time to wake up. It's five. We're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show. Your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Lightfoot on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game leading you up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you into... Valentine's Day weekend, and look, it is Valentine's Day on Sunday, the 14th, but I have to do something. I'm going to confess my love. I am going to confess my love for Steph Curry. Steph, I love you, man. (laughs) My goodness, last night in the Warriors 111-105 win, this man just continues to impress more and more every single game. Curry to the timeline. Waits. Dribbles. Hook pass to Draymond outside the arc. Back to Curry. Quick release from the left wing. Splash for Curry! That's three number ten on the night. And it gets the Warriors to the century mark. It's 100-91. to 40 points in the game. He had eight rebounds. He had five assists. He also had four steals. They were going up against an Orlando Magic team that is depleted. There's there's, there's no doubt about it. I don't think they wanted to go out there with the starting lineup of James Ennis, Nikola Vucevic, although he would be in the starting lineup, former All-Star, Dwayne Bacon, Gary Clark, and Frank Mason. Frank Mason, already one of the prime backups coming in to be the starting point guard, and he was out after four minutes in the game, so... The Orlando Magic were a depleted team. They're currently 9 and 17 on the season while the Warriors move on to being 14 and 12, but the story just continues to be how good Steph Curry has been. And there's well, I mean, what else are we supposed to say? These numbers were posted by the Warriors on NBC Sports Bay Area on their Twitter page. These are nuts. In February 2016, through February 2016, he played 10 games. He averaged 36 points a game with a 54% field goal percentage, 53% from three, and he was averaging about 5.6 rebounds a game and 7.3 assists a game. That's pretty damn good. And in 2016, we all know how good he was. And so far, in February of this month, in the six games... Compared to the 36 points per game in 2016, he's averaging 37 points per game with a 56 field goal percentage compared to 54 in 2016. And he's averaging 50% from three compared to the 53% in 2016. And I can guarantee you that the amount of threes that he's taken is way more than it was in 2016. And the rebounding numbers are the same, and the assist numbers are a little lower. But you get the point. In an MVP year, he was averaging just about the same numbers as far as shooting the basketball 
in 2021 so far. And the month of February has just gotten started. (laughs) Just gotten started, and he's averaging 37 points a game. Something has to do with it, the small lineup and the fact that, you know, Wiseman's out and he's going to be out for another week because uh, even though the x-rays on his wrist have come back clean, he's still feeling some soreness there and Steve Kerr doesn't want to bring him in until he feels 100% no pain in the wrist. So we're not going to be seeing Wiseman for a while. Looney... He's out for the foreseeable future. Who knows how long with Looney? He still needs to be reevaluated. But right now, Steph is just absolutely carrying this team. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. But the first text when I got in here from the four one five, how blessed are we to watch Steph every night? And how can you put it better? The types of shots that he's making. For one, did anyone see this at the end of the game? The the the, the buzzer hit. The buzzer sounded. The game was over, and Steph just hits a ca- the most casual underhand rainbow shot from way beyond the three point line when the whistle had already blown, and he just swished it. No issue there. Like <laughs> he just he just rainbowed it in. Did anyone see that at the end of the game? When the game was over, and if you weren't paying attention to it, I recommend you go and check that out because it's just something like that you just don't see ever and how casually did it. But anyway, that's just that's just beside the point. But the first couple of quarters for the Warriors, Steph took nothing but threes. And listen to these team stats here from the first quarter. In case you were uh, in case you weren't watching it too closely, what they were doing was They knew they were playing small ball. They knew they were going to be going five out. So they didn't let Vucevic try and guard anyone from the three-point line. They were all trying to clog the paint because they knew that the Warriors' strategy is they're going to try and have Steph move off ball, try and get him open while these other guys are cutting toward the basket. They didn't want want to let any points in the paint to start off the first quarter. In translation... The Warriors shot 18 threes in that first quarter, which was a franchise record, the most in any quarter in franchise history. 18 threes. Steph, four for seven from the three-point line, already had 12 points, and he only took threes. In the first quarter, Steph only shot threes, and you compare that to the Orlando Magic, they were only two for four from the three-point line. And then it ended up being a 29-19 to start of the game. And it wasn't sustainable because in the second quarter, the second unit came in and the, the Magic started scoring the basketball a little bit better. Uh, I didn't think Vucevic got going at all. I mean, he was trying to post up uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson and Andrew Wiggins, and they just weren't having it. And he 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 wasn't getting it done in the first in the first half. And I think that that was something to have Warrior fans worry uh, a little bit. But overall, the Magic were just too depleted and too hurt to keep up with the Warriors in that second half. But Steph is the one who continues to just carry the team. I can't mention that again. He was a plus 90 on the floor in his minutes, but the Warriors overall are a minus 20. And one guy who is the key to me in order to keep this going, in order to, for the Warriors to have success, because 111 to 105, it's way closer than it should have been. The Magic did not play a great game. The Warriors, they were jacking up threes. It was really, really sloppy. But one guy who is going to be the key and one guy you need to hit his shots is Michael Mulder. Michael Mulder overall in this game, he had, excuse me, he had 21 minutes on, or excuse me, 16 minutes on the floor. He was four for six overall and three for five from three. And he had 11 points. And the threes that he was making were timely. And Steve Kerr managed to stagger the rotation, so Mulder got a few more minutes, and you need him to knock down those shots. Without Michael Mulder knocking down those threes last night, there's a possibility that this game is much closer toward the end uh, than anticipated. And 
with Eric Paschal just not looking the same ever since he was out with the with the knee injury and he came back and he had a good he had a good game once but other than that he hasn't looked great he hasn't looked as confident yesterday uh he was getting blocked by uh Vucevic and 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 Okiki and, and guys like that but he was a minus 22 on the floor last night and if you don't know how to quantify a plus minus stat and you just don't believe in it i get that you know because the warriors had a lead for a majority of the time and you're thinking all right steph was a plus 16 draymond was a plus 13 uh Juan anderson was a plus 11 of course because you're on the floor with steph you're going to be in the plus minus but when you are an overall minus 22 like Eric Paschal was last night, and you're the winning team, that shows that you did not play a good game. And he only had two points last night. So Michael Mulder is the guy, I think, that is going to be the straw that stirs that second unit drink as Damian Lee and Eric Paschal have been uh, inconsistent. Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre. Wiggins uh, having a much better game last night and, and scoring some big buckets toward the uh, the toward the end of the fourth or toward the beginning of the fourth quarter to help the Warriors get the lead back. But um, I think that Michael Mulder is going to have to be key here because he is the only one who we've seen in the beginning of the season and we're seeing now that he can confidently shoot that three and he can make it while the Warriors still look for that backup point guard. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, you know, I, I I like Brad, but shooting the basketball is not his strong suit. And yesterday, he didn't look comfortable uh, at all. He turned the ball over quite a bit, um, or at least it felt like he was about to turn the ball over quite a bit until the ball would go out of bounds, and he'd kind of get saved a couple of times. But it was Steph. It was Steph last night, and and I don't know if it was just compared to these other matchups that he's had, whether it's the ones against the Spurs or the ones against the Mavs, but it felt like in this game, he the shots that he was making were much dirtier. Not much, the, the, the looks weren't as clean. I mean, there was one in the second quarter where he just completely fumbled the basketball it was rolling on the ground, then he just picked it up and jacked up the three, and he made it. It's like, how are you supposed to even stop that? Nobody can stop Steph Curry right now. And if you look at the numbers overall for players shooting threes, Damian Lillard has 95. Buddy Heald has 94. Joe Harris has 89. And Zach Levine has 85. Those are pretty good names. Dame Lillard, Buddy Heald, Joe Harris, Zach Levine, guys who are always involved in the three-point contest in the All-Star game. Steph Curry has 131. (laughs) Those guys haven't even reached 100 yet. Steph Curry has 131 compared to all those guys. He is playing some lights-out basketball, and I don't know if there's another player who's as must-watch as Steph Curry. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Because it's just every single night for the past six games, you just can't help but take your eyes off this dude. Again, in the month of February, he's averaging 37 points and shooting 50% from three. That matches his 2016 season. And he's doing it with a team that is depleted. And he's also doing it with a team. Here's the difference from 2016 to 2021. And you can thank Nick Nurse and the Toronto Raptors for this. Teams are throwing the box in one defense, which is what the Magic threw out there at the beginning of the second quarter yesterday when he was in. And uh, he's still overcame that and managed to 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 make three threes of the process like it's he it, it doesn't matter what you throw at him you cannot stop Steph Curry right now and as warrior fans it's something I think that we've just wanted to see for a long time because we didn't have any of it last year and this year he's just playing as good of 
as good of a game as we've ever seen him play. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Coming up next. Wait till you hear what Steve Kerr has to say about Steph in the game that he had, as we like to do in the second segment after every single game, we hear from the head coach, Steve Kerr. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone, on this Valentine's Day weekend. Are we allowed to call it that? Whatever. It's Valentine's Day on Sunday, 888-957-9570. I love you, Steph Curry. 95.7 The Game. Morning Roast continues with Bonte, Kate, and Shasky on 95.7 The Game. That was the wrong button. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Hey, it's what happens when you're producing your show on your own. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I need you to help me out because you've heard me after every single Warriors game. Especially since this Texas road trip. Every single game, it's Steph Curry. And I need you to help me out. Try to put into words, because you've heard me. You've heard my opinion. Did an entire hour-long show on how great that he's been. I need your help. Tell me, just, what have you been thinking? What have you been watching Because these past five, six games, it's just what he's been doing with the roster that's constructed. Right now, it's not just that he's playing with the small ball lineup. It's not like that. It's that he's playing a small ball lineup with a bunch of guys who, you know, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, not much expected of them. Juan Toscano-Anderson, a guy who was signed to a two-way contract, been getting big minutes. It's not like he's doing this with, you know, Draymond and, and, and Iguodala. You know, he's doing this with other guys. He's doing it with Draymond for sure, and Draymond is just thriving in this offense. And it's just, you know, even though he turns the ball over a ton, um, which can be frustrating at times, but... The way that Steph is doing it, help me out. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero for the nine two or for the six five zero. Yo, I was confused. AF, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens. Welcome, welcome to mornings. Welcome to the pregame show. Uh, but Steve Kerr, after the game, talked about Steph and just how easy he's been making it look. It is routine, which which is the crazy part of it. You know, you you just come to expect it. These threes that he hits when there's nothing there offensively, and he just uh, uses his dribble to free himself up, not exactly with a ton of space, just a few inches of space, and then he rises up, and and you expect every single one of them to go in. It's um, it's kind of crazy. Maybe it was the, maybe it was just because we hadn't seen him for a year, and. These are what we'd hope Steph these are the types of shots that we'd hope Steph Curry would hit kind of in our dreams, right? This is how we hoped that he would be coming back, but I don't know if it was like this. I don't know if it was averaging 37 points a game in the month of February while hitting 50% of those threes. I don't know if it was him literally only taking threes in the entire first half and knocking some down. I'm telling you, some of those ones in the second quarter, he'll get an open look every now and then uh, in the first quarter because you know the, the defense is still trying to figure things out. They don't want to let Oubre cut to the basket and get going because Oubre has been uh, pretty lethal to start out games at points. It's just you know toward the second half is when uh, he sometimes starts to, to, to peter out, and he's starting with that second unit. But they leave Steph open at times in the first quarter. But in that second quarter, when they're pulling the box and one, and they're just having James Ennis follow him around the entire time while the other guys just stick, you know, in the low block and on the elbow just playing a zone defense while one guy chases him and you double team Steph whenever you can, he still manages to find an open look. I don't know how he does that. 
And I'm not going to act like I've watched every single second of Dame Lillard because, I mean, Dame Lillard was playing at the same time yesterday. The Blazers and the Sixers uh, were playing on national TV, and everyone's paying attention to that. But I think they would have rather had the Warriors and the Magic be playing on national TV because of how well Steph Curry was playing. This is partly why uh, he doesn't always get that recognition because on some of these games when they're played locally as opposed to nationally, I'm not saying the Warriors have a lack of national games because they have a ton since they're the Golden State Warriors and Steph is an absolute draw as far as television ratings. But even in these local games that they have, still people aren't watching how great he is and just the type of separation that he gets, which isn't much. And again, I go back to that one shot in the second quarter that he made where he just fumbled the basketball it was happening a lot yesterday with the entire team where he's where he fumbled the basketball just picks it up shoots it at Ennis's face makes it I mean (laughs) you know that you know that one moment with Steve Kerr where this was a few years ago where Steph just jacks up a three Steve Kerr when he puts it up puts his hands up in the air like what are you doing and then when he makes it, he puts his hands on his head because he was just so nervous and it's just it's it's unbelievable that it went in. Steve Kerr doesn't do that anymore, but every fan does, and it's just you 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 put your hands up, just wondering. I mean, <laughs> this is the best shooter that we've ever seen, and he's playing at a level which we have seen before. But it's not with the same roster, and I'm going to reiterate that time and time again. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Help me. Help me try to put into words what we've been seeing from Steph Curry because I've been talking for two hours, three hours straight about this dude. I want to hear from you. 888-957-9570. Uh, but here's Steve Kerr after the game. Want to continue to play a little bit of this. And uh, just whether he had Steph make the adjustment when he was getting double teamed. Because 888 from the 415, Steph has gotten used to being double and triple teamed so early in the season. He's so confident. It is nothing to him now. And here's Steve Kerr talking about uh, whether he gave advice to Steph on how to handle these double teams. Well, of course, that's that's kind of our job as a staff is to, you know, to help help the players uh, figure out, you know, how to attack and and when they see different defenses, you know, we we watch the film and we try to, you know, come up with ideas and thoughts for the players that will allow them to see a, a clear picture of of what's happening. But with that said, um, that's part of the genius of Steph and Draymond when they're together is, you know, they have an, an, just an innate sense of, you know, how to, how to beat the different defenses they they're seeing because they've seen literally everything. You know, this is what experience is all about. It's why you need veteran players in this league. Cause you know, you just file, file information away every single night. And when you've played for 10 or 12 years, like those two have, you just get it, you see it. And then Steve Kerr continued on the evolution of Steph and Draymond with their relationship as he was alluding to toward the end of that clip. I think it, it evolved over time. I mean, you know, I, I arrived, I think, in Draymond's third year. Maybe it was his mm-hmm. fourth year. So they already knew each other really well. But that first year coaching was Draymond's first year as a starter. I think that that year they really cemented kind of their their bond on the floor. They were already great friends off the floor, but, you know, on the court, they really made that connection that first year and it's grown ever since. And now they're just, they just know each other so well, they could play together in their sleep. You know, they know exactly where the other one's going to be all the time. And he just knows how to get Steph open. He's so good at that. And this year he's averaging Eight assists a game when we're talking about uh, when we're talking about Draymond Green here, but just the way he's able to carry it up the court and at the top of the key, tell a guy to to cut across and get Steph open. Draymond sets a screen, Steph goes right behind him, shoots up a three, makes it easy buckets, boom. That's how you're going to beat a beat up team like the Orlando Magic is by doing that and. When you know you're not necessarily shooting the best in the paint, and these other guys aren't giving you uh, as much as you need. I mean, Andrew Wiggins with a with just an absolute key six points toward the uh, in the fourth quarter before Steph came in with seven minutes left in the game. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I thought uh, was uh, was vital in that win yesterday. Besides Steph Curry, but 
Um, just the way that them two handle the pick and roll and just they understand each other's tendencies. And Andrew Bogut talked about this a while back. And the way he talked about it was when the Warriors were that championship roster, everyone knew where everyone would be. Draymond, when he would take the ball up, Andre Iguodala, he'd know where Andre Iguodala would be. They could just make no-look passes. They would understand where they'd be on the floor. Clay Thompson, they know where he'd go, the positioning of it. And the Warriors are starting to get a little more uh, used to that, I think. And, you know, still need some work because the execution needs to be there for these other players, and that's what made the Warriors so deadly. Is just Imagine that. Think back on that time uh, in 2016. I mentioned those numbers that Steph had. Imagine that. But the rest of the team was also averaging double-digit points a game while making all those threes, too. Imagine that. That's how good that team was in 2016 because the numbers in February in 2016 are practically identical to the numbers in February of this year. And he has been playing lights out. But 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I'm not hearing from you. I'm not hearing from you. I heard from the 415. I heard from the 650. Want to hear from you on the phone line or on the text line? 888-957-9570. I want to hear another voice besides mine just talking about how good Steph Curry has been. But another voice you'll hear is Steph Curry. You'll hear from the man himself after this and what it means to be going up against KD and the Brooklyn Nets Tomorrow, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, ninety five seven. The game. Now back to the pregame show on ninety five seven. The game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. I promise you, if you tuned in yesterday at about what five fifty five, I will not be playing that carousel music for a while. I took a listen back to that segment, and my God, you are absolutely right. Whoever texted in that that music sounded like it was from a horror movie. That quarter until we actually get an update with the quarterback carousel, we might go back to it, but that's not happening today. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Before we get to just Steph Curry, him talking after the game and the difference that everything has made and how he's looking forward to Saturday night. Um, of course, Kevin Durant uh, was out due to COVID nineteen and in contact tracing. And he wasn't eligible to return to the NBA until today. So I think we can expect him to play tomorrow. He also hasn't practiced this week, but uh, who who knows? I mean, it's Kevin Durant. He's averaging 29.5 points per game. And, you know, with Kyrie and James Harden, that's the type of offense where they are. They're at a point where they just don't even run (laughs) set offenses from half court. They just. They just improvise. You know, it's like, hey, Kyrie, want to take it? KD, if you could switch him one-on-one with anyone who's smaller, then you might as well. We'll get the ball to you. Uh, James Harden, you know, he'll just go barreling in for a layup (laughs) every now and then. But if you look at the usage rates for that Nets team, it is those three guys and nobody else. They're the ones that have a ball in their hands the majority of the time. So, um yeah, going to be very interesting to see how the Warriors try and uh, try and combat that. It's going to be a tough one because they got the 111-105 win over the Orlando Magic, but the Magic were a depleted, depleted team, and, uh, and, and even their third-string backup guard was out yesterday and was out after four minutes of the game and didn't return. So uh, all they really had was Vucevic on the floor, Aaron Gordon not out there, Vucevic, by the way, gigantic human, gigantic. And I thought the Warriors actually played some pretty decent defense on him, uh, at least in the first half. 
But I do want to mention this before we get to Steph Curry, just the star of Bay Area sports. I just want to say the Sharks, they're not a great team right now. You know, they lost 6-2 to two and it fe- uh, last night, and it feels like they're the, uh, the, the only win whenever they make it to a penalty shootout. Um, and they haven't looked great this season. But I just want to go and mention this, and in case you haven't paid attention to it, Patrick Marlowe played his 1,735th game. one seven. Three, five. Mark Messier has played 1,756, and Gordy Howe has played 1,767. He's third all time in the National Hockey League in games played. Um, you know, he's not the same Patrick Marlowe that he used to be when him and Thornton were just cutting through defenses, and and you know, you had the other players on the team like you know Jonathan Chichu and. Tori Mitchell and all those other guys, Devin Setaguchi, but the fact that he's played 1,735 games, passing up Yarmir Yager, third all-time, we got something else just special happening in the Bay Area with him, the longevity that he's played with. Just wanted to mention that in case you haven't heard. That will conclude our hockey talk for today. But 888-957-9570, we're getting quite a few texts here. Let's see. From the 831, Chef Curry is going to light up Durant if he even plays tomorrow night. LFG. Can't say what LFG means on the radio, but let's froggin' go is how I'll put it. I could have said friggin', I guess. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from Drake and Mountain View. It's got to be the shoes. What I'm, what I'm actually noticing more so than ever is the gravity effect Steph has when others get open. Case in point, the Draymond dunk at the end of the third quarter and the way that Kalena... He only said split action once last night. That's Drake in Mountain View. He did only say split action once. Kalena's been mentioning that split action basically when Draymond gets, uh, gets put in the poster, whoever it is, and they can decide who he wants to pass to. He has multiple options. Um... That's the split action, and that's what helps Steph Curry get open on certain plays. But they didn't really run that too much last night. You know, they 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 a lot of it, they were just... Steph was kind of just making up for a lot of the fumbling that was going on with the basketball. It wasn't the cleanest passing game by the Warriors, um, but that's why it wasn't said all that much. But you'll hear it. You'll hear it when they do run those set plays, which we're going to have to do on Saturday night. From the 510, Langford, you KD fanboy, won't ever win another title without Steph. Possibly true. From the 415, Dub Nation wants to see them whoop ass tomorrow night. And from the 408, the Warriors better sign JTA because he's starting to solidify his spot on this team. He's been a nice piece. He's absolutely been a nice piece. The cool thing about Juan Toscano-Anderson before we get to Steph in the postgame. The cool thing about Juan Toscano-Anderson is if you hear the way he talks about Steph afterwards, he always brings up Monte Ellis and he says, I was you know, pissed when Monte left. I'm not going to lie. But being able to play on the floor at the same time as Steph, just imagine that. You know, Because for me, I, I, when he was Juan Anderson at Castro Valley High, I watched him play in this tournament uh, because we're the same age, and I watched him play in this tournament, and he was he was dominant. He was playing with two other guys. He was already he was already committed to Marquette at the time, and he was playing with two other guys who were already going to D one schools as well. But he's the one that stuck out on the floor. It's pretty damn cool that he gets to go out there with the greatest shooter of all time when he did grow up uh, a Warrior fan. So uh, it is pretty cool. But he has that extra added motivation, and he knows his spots. You know, he understands where to be, and he plays with a lot of heart, plays with a lot of hustle. You know, effort is something that Andrew Wiggins was knocked uh, over with his time in Minnesota. You're seeing that effort come to fruition. Andrew Wiggins has been playing with it. I thought not only was he good scoring the basketball yesterday, but uh, just playing defense and getting up shots, taking Vucevic in the post whenever he tried to post him up. Um, There are a couple of fouls here and there that had to be called, but... The energy that Wiggins showed, 
it's the same type of energy that Toscano Anderson has showed as well. I think JTA has been a nice addition to this team. And I do think when James Wiseman comes back, they're going to start him on the bench, maybe get him with that second unit uh, to start out. But if Draymond is getting double-digit assists every single night and Steph is averaging 37 points a game for the month of February, why not keep him in the small ball lineup? Why not keep him in as long as you can get the scoring going? Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. All right, Steph Curry. After the game last night, he was asked whether he feels like he is playing the best basketball of his career. Here's Steph last night. Hundred percent. I mean, it's all about what's happening now. I don't compare it to really anything in terms of what has happened in the past. Like I obviously know the levels I've been at and our team's been at and where we're trying to go as a team. But definitely in terms of how I'm playing, I guess I'm saying it for a while. I feel confident and strong and in rhythm, and it's a good feeling. And want to keep getting better. That's the goal. Did anyone see that shot after the final horn? Did anyone see after the buzzer when he's about to go and give a handshake? I even forgot who the handshake was going to be given to, but he just scoops the ball up from three, rainbows it, and it goes right in. Doesn't even touch the rim. Never made a shot like that in my life because I'm not that great at basketball. But, I mean, I could shoot the ball. I'm not going to lie. I can shoot the ball. But no one... I don't think has ever done that. And the way that he casually just shot the ball like that after the final buzzer, did anyone else see that? But the confidence that Steph is showing just to get up that shot. The thing is, whenever Steph is in kind of a slump, he's never going to lose confidence. That, That confidence, whenever they ask him about it, it's never wavered. Have you ever heard Steph say that he's going to stop putting up shots? because he's not confident, because they're not going down? No. He always mentions that, look, even if his shot isn't going in, he's still going to put them up. He's still going to try and create a little bit of space, even if it's a couple of inches. doesn't matter. He's not going to pass up what he considers to be an open look. I'd love... You you know that commercial with Patrick Mahomes and... And they, they kind of make it so it seems like you're wearing like his goggles and you're seeing it through his vision. You're wearing goggles and you're seeing what Patrick Mahomes sees on the field. I would love to see that for Steph. I would love to see the type of defense that he's getting when he's getting double teamed and there's barely any space because I can guarantee you if we're looking through Steph's eyes, what he sees as an open shot, we definitely wouldn't see as an open shot. I mentioned this... A couple of days ago, if you play 2K and you're playing with the Warriors, and not even just with the Warriors, you're playing with any team, you can do things with other players that they just can't do in in real life. Um, I mean, for example, you should you should see Andrew Wiggins in 2K. He's an unbelievable player in 2K. Uh, if you get Andrew Wiggins, but Steph is one of the few players to me where his video game character in 2K can't match what he does on the court in real life. You can do things... Trust me, he's really good in 2K. I mean, he's he's got an A-plus, 90-plus rating in every single aspect of his game, and he's terrific. But in real life, Steph is much better than his video game character, in my opinion. And Steph spoke on that after the game, and he was asked if he feels like he's playing at a video game type level. I honestly don't play that many video games, so I don't even know. It's stuff that I work on, and I'm, I'm having fun. That's that's the biggest thing when, when you get to play basketball at this level every night and you know see the work pay off and, and continue to get better with your, with your teammates and, and bring joy to the floor that's obviously a great feeling and when other guys feed off of that and and notice it and feel it out there that uh that makes it all worth it <laughs> well i'm telling you Steph, if you played in 2k and you tried doing whatever you do in real life in that video game i can guarantee that uh that he would be a little bit disappointed and think you know, in real life, I'd make that shot. 
if he missed it in the video game. I'm telling you that. 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. I think people are finally seeing now why here in San Francisco, when we're talking about the MVPs on this station, we're not just being homers. The statistics pointed out. Drake and Mountain View pointed this out. He's noticing the gravity effect when Steph gets others open. That's what happens. If you just see an open dunk like the one Drake talked about where Draymond's going in uh, toward the end of the third quarter, if you see something like that, this happens with Juan Toscano-Anderson time and time again as well um, when the Magic aren't playing a defense like they were in the first quarter where they just totally tried to clog the paint and not let anyone uh, get a backdoor cut. That's why they put up a franchise record amount of threes in that first quarter, putting up 18. But when you see that, rewind it. Rewind it and just watch Steph the entire time. In real time, basketball is a tough game to uh, to navigate, right? Most of the time, you need to rewind it and just re- to really appreciate what just happened on the play. Watch the attention that Steph gets. I mean, they pulled out the box and one defense in the second quarter uh, when Steph was in the game. It's like they, that's not going to stop them. Yeah, you know, but that's going to leave other guys open as well. And Steph does have that effect uh, on everybody. And when they can't stop him with a box and one, you just get to the point where it's like, man, what are you supposed to do? Uh, But Steph talked about being in that MVP conversation and the stats in the box score. They don't necessarily reflect the impact that he's having on the game. And, you know, the points do, the three-pointers do, but the amount of guys that he's getting open when he doesn't even touch the basketball, you can't really quantify that. But here's Steph after the game talking about whether he should be in that MVP conversation. The game speaks for itself. And, you know, 15, 16, 14, 15, those two years is the exact same kind of conversation. Obviously, that's an amazing, you know, accomplishment. And, and being in that conversation with all that we've been through these last two or three years, that, that means something. Those narratives make themselves as you go throughout the season. And my job is obviously to just be at, be at the level that I expect to be. And usually that means, you know, you're, you're, you're at the top at the end of the season. So I don't, I, I really try not to get distracted by that because it, it, it kind of taints the moment. And really right now, if I'm doing my job, then I'll be there at the end of the season. And that's, that, that'll take care of itself. And last night, what he did, I mean, do I need to read these numbers off again? In February of 2016, this was five years ago, MVP season, in 10 games in February, he averaged 36 points, shooting 54% from the field and 53% from three. This year, in 2021, with a completely different roster, with an older Draymond Green, with no Clay Thompson, none of that. In the six games this February, compared to the 36 points in 2016, he's averaging just under 38 points a game. His field goal percentage in 2016, 54. This year, 56. And then in 2016, his three-point percentage was 53%, which is insane. But this year, it's 50% in February. And the amount of shots up he's getting are about three or four more per game in February. So at a 50% clip, at the rate that he's shooting the basketball, those numbers are insane. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Let's get to a little preview of the Brooklyn Nets as it is Kevin Durant's return to Chase Center for the first time, at least on the court, when he'll be in another uniform. And it's not even his return to Chase Center because he was, the last time he played was at Oracle. But uh, he will be playing against the Warriors at home for the first time. And I want to know from you. Let's just create this hypothetical. 888-957-9570. The hypothetical is, let's just say this wasn't a we, we let's just say this wasn't a pandemic year and fans were allowed in the stands. You know, let's just say that let's just even make it more of a hypothetical. Let's just say that Joe Lacob's proposal to get people in the crowd actually went through and they just allowed the rapid PCR testing and fans were allowed. 888 because from the 510, Langford, UKD fanboy, won't, win it, won't ever win another title without Steph. 
I'm assuming the 510 is not a big fan of Kevin Durant and the way that he left the Warriors. I want to know from you, would you boo him or would you cheer him if you were to go to that game tomorrow? Simple question. Boo or cheer. That's all I need. 888-957-9570. I wanted to throw out that hypothetical because that's a fun one. I want to get, I want to get a gauge on how Warrior fans feel uh, about Kevin Durant because for me, I'm okay if the 510 is calling me a Kevin Durant fanboy. I'm fine with being called a fanboy of one of the greatest shooters, if not the greatest shooter that we've seen because of his size and the way that he handles the basketball. He is just great. An absolute legend, in my opinion. Sure, the way that he handles stuff off the court, the burner accounts and all that, it rubs people the wrong way. But I'm a fan, and personally, right off top, I would cheer for him. 888-957-9570. Are you with me or are you against me? You cheering or you booing if you were to go to this game tomorrow at Chase Center and fans were allowed in the stands? 888-957-9570. Here's Steph talking about Kevin Durant. <laughs> I'm talking about Kevin Durant's return. So, I'm sorry. Some of these some of these text messages that I'm already getting, uh, they're making me laugh, and I'm looking at the same time, and I shouldn't be doing that. Uh, but here is Steph talking about the emotions that he'll feel with Kevin Durant coming back. Again, 888-957-9570. I just want to know. Boo or cheer. I just want to get a gauge uh, from the pregame show listeners. But here's Steph talking about the emotions that he'll feel when Kevin Durant is back playing against him on the court. I mean, honestly, it's going to be – I don't know how – get me wrong when I say it, how special it'll be because it's not an Oracle and there are no fans. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, like, just that whole vibe. And, you know, we'll – I know we got a, a tribute video, which he obviously deserves, and, and hopefully it'll be some, you know, a, a moment that he'll appreciate. But outside of that, it is kind of weird, I mean, to be honest, in terms of all, all the things that have changed, you know, since since – 1819 so i mean i'm sure you ask him how how he'll feel and he'll probably say it's another game and that's kind of how it'll it'll end up being once uh once the, when the ball drops on saturday it would be very interesting with fans in the stands and 408 you're not you're not following my question for, for, you make a good point katie helped us win championships why be mad he finished his contract and left not the question i said not the question i said boo or cheer that's it that's all i needed to text in i'm gonna put you down for cheer how about that 408 I love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, from the 707, I'd cheer him in the intros and then boo him during the game. Nice. Nice. From the 650, when he's announced, I'll give him a standing O, but the rest of the game, I'll boo him because he's in a different uniform. Kevin Durant will never have to buy a beer in San Francisco. For the 510, this is Steven from Hercules. He would get a golf clap. He would get a golf clap. <laughs> love that. Oh, man, Drake from Mountain View. It's easy. Hell yeah, I'm cheering for him. Helped us get two titles and gave us Achilles for us. That's Drake from Mountain View. I think you're all making valid points, but there are some out there who would, you know, they'd just be like, boo, because they, you know, wouldn't be a fan of the way he left. But also, you know, you wouldn't be able to understand. You know, if you were in the stands, though, the thing is you wouldn't be able to tell who everyone is booing or cheering because you'd get probably half cheers and half boos, but all the boos would be... <laughs> it's, like I'm just, it's like I'm saying boos. Uh, but all of the booing would be going toward Harden and, and, and Irving the entire game. You wouldn't be able to tell who's booing Durant, even if there were some booing Durant. You wouldn't be able to tell because James Harden and Irving have that effect. Irving hit one of the most... <sighs> How do I put it? One of the most difficult shots to watch if you're a Warrior fan. No one wants to relive that in 2016. That's like a that's like an A's fan whenever they have to watch a replay of Kirk Gibson hitting that home run off Dennis Eckersley in 88. It's similar to that. So they're going to be booing him the entire time if fans were in the stands. Harden, of course, every time Harden touches the basketball, you're booing him. Warrior fans are brutal. I don't. I forgot which game it was, but it was the Warriors and the Rockets in the playoffs. And uh, in Oracle, it was the time when Harden got poked in the eye. <laughs> it's brutal. It's like, oh, guy got poked in the eye, and it's it's like bloodshot. And people are making fun of it. I was like, damn. 
Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero for the five one oh boo hoo. It's okay. Don't cry, nice guy. I'm sad, man. Uh, I'm sad. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I'm just gonna say this. I got a couple of minutes left, uh, but it is Valentine's Day on on February fourteenth, and you know after watching last night's game, just want to say Steph Curry, I love you. I love you, bud. So much. I love watching you play. You're the greatest. Can't get over it. I don't even care. You can call me a homer. You can call me whatever. Love you, bud. Uh, from the from the five one zero, I cheer him because of what he's done for us. But I do hate the weird and whiny way that he left. But I, I'm not even going to try and get into that right now because there's a whole ton of stuff that's involved with it, and there's so many layers. And that conversation it comes up time and time again. But it's, it feels like it's a two year old conversation at this point. Um, but the way that he left, it did rub some people the wrong way. And I can, I, I can totally understand that. I can totally understand that. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero from the seven Oh seven. He's not getting the Joe Pavelski welcome for his first time back, but I still would cheer for him. I, I, I mean, I think they're going to most likely put a video on the, on the, on the jumbotron. Of course, thanking Kevin Durant because yeah, everyone, whoever's saying they're cheer for they're che- they'll cheer for him. Two straight championships. Of course you're going to want to cheer for him. And he helped big time. <laughs> I mean, it's Kevin Durant. MVP. Right? And if you do boo him, I'll just say this before I do get out. I don't get that. 888-957-9570. I would absolutely cheer. And if you choose to boo, I don't understand that. Uh, coming up next, the morning roast with Kate Scott and Joe the Butcher Boy, Shasky and Bonte Hill. They're coming up next from 6 to 10. I'll be off next week. My man Nash Solomon will be here in my stead, so shout out to him. He's one of the greats. I love Nash. Uh, so he'll be he'll be uh, with you guys all of next week. But coming up next, I'm not playing that carousel music. Don't you dare get me to play that. Ian Eagle at 735, Anthony Slater at 850, and Evan Roberts at 920. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. I'll talk to you after next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.